Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Austin, Texas, live music capital of the world. You're listening to Come and Talk It, and this is the Lady Gaga security camera footage of, uh, well, it's the security camera footage of her dogs being kidnapped by two unknown individuals from the dog walker. And that dog walker was a guy, just in case you're wondering, even though he was screaming like five octaves high, like, oh my God, get a grip, dude. Seriously, <laughs> get a grip. You've only been shot for get times a grip in and the chest. Get a grip and get a gun. He got shot. What? He got four shot times in the, in the chest. In right? the leg. In the leg. In the leg. He was shot in the leg. I'm pretty sure. Look, Google it. Look it up. Oh wow. All right. So let's let's take a look at that video with no audio. All right. So a woman returned Lady Gaga's stolen dogs to the Los Angeles Police Department on Friday. But the mystery over their kidnapping and the shooting of their dog walker only is just intensified right now. So the dogs were stolen in a brazen, violent attack in Hollywood at 9.40 p.m. Wednesday. Two men leaped out of a white sedan in the 1500 block of North Sierra Bonita Avenue and demanded that Gaga's dog walker, Ryan Fisher, hand over the musician's three French bulldogs. And let me tell you. You know, when I'm walking my dogs in the neighborhood, I'm packing heat. You know, I carry my gun, you know, because I don't know. Maybe someone may attack me. They may want my dogs. They may try to, you know, kill my dogs and kill me. You know, I'm always, you know, prepared to protect myself. You would think that someone who makes millions of dollars would actually, you know, have someone that's actually walking their, their, their dog, their, you know, four-legged family member, 
you know, maybe with security or with a gun or something. I'm just shocked, you know, and then my goodness, you know, next time get someone who's going to really defend your dogs, not just scream like a girl. As Fisher struggled with the robbers, and don't call me this week, by the way. Don't call me. You know, I don't want to hear from you. I don't care. I can't hear you upset that I'm picking on the dog walker because, my goodness, listen to the way this guy was screaming. Disgraceful. As Fisher struggled with the robbers, one of them shot him. Just disgraceful. Uh, one of the, uh, the, as he struggled, one of the robbers uh, shot him once in the chest. You're right, in the chest. Yes. And the assailants grabbed two of the three dogs and spit off in the sedan, uh, described by the police as a Nissan Altima. Uh, police say they have no suspects in the attack. Law enforcement sources who spoke on the condition of an anonymity because the case is ongoing, believe kidnapping the dogs was the motive, but are not sure if the assailants knew the dogs belonged to the pop star. And honestly, I, you know, and you can just by the, the amount of attention that this is, this has been getting and the fact that they returned the dogs so quickly, I'm willing to bet they didn't know they belonged to Lady Gaga. Are the dogs back? Yes, yeah, so the dogs are she back. Got the dogs back. Got the dogs back two days later. So she few day, uh, a few days. She later. offered a half a million dollar reward, no questions asked. Right. So the dogs were returned, and the person that returned the dog was a lady who says that she found the dogs tied to something, a tree or pole or something, not too far away from where they were taken. Did she get the half a million dollars? That's still in question. She has not gotten the money yet. So. Uh, but we're wondering if she's going to get the money. Half a million. Half that, a million? That no questions asked part kind of irks me because these guys just shot her dog walker in the chest yeah, and sh- took her dogs. And she's not- like, hey, just give me the dogs back and everything's cool. Yeah. What do we say? You know, don't you don't compromise. You don't you know, what do we say? What's that? that don't negotiate with terrorists. Don't negotiate with terrorists. That's right. <laughs> All right. So police say they have no suspects in the attack. And law enforcement sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity, like I said before, because the case is still ongoing, believe kidnapping of the dogs was the motive, but are not sure if the assailants knew the dogs belonged to the pop star. They are reviewing license plates of cars in the area at the time to see if they can come up with clues. Uh, And they are also looking for security video. And so in that community there, a lot of people had, you know, a lot of different security cameras. They had... uh, a lot of dash, you know, dash cams from ve- uh, vehicles. They also have uh, the ring technology and also the nest. And so I use, man, I use all that stuff. When I'm walking, if I go out, like, for instance, I'm walking with a, a loved one, my sister or, you know, family member or something like that. I'm walking my dogs. I always carry my gun. I, I, just, I just don't get it, you know, because I can't depend on police to come and save me. And someone who's so rich and wealthy, I just don't get it about the celebrities at all. I, I don't get the celebrities because, you know, you're a celebrity. You make millions of dollars. I don't understand how they get DUIs. I don't ha- understand how they wreck their own vehicles because if I'm a celebrity, I make that much money, I would have someone driving my vehicle, driving me around. I would have security. You know, I wouldn't have to do it myself. I would have someone that's paid to do that. You know, I just don't get it. You know, I, I don't get it. It just makes no sense at all. We're going to talk about this. We're also going to talk about Bitcoin and guns, cryptocurrency. Can you buy guns with Bitcoin? We got it. We're going to talk about the guns and Bitcoin uh, event that's going to happen in April. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right. Uh, have no fear. Ladies, God, God's dogs have been recovered. And if you're wondering... That was not a that was not a woman. That was actually a man, Lady Gaga's dog walker, well, who was actually shot trying to protect the little four-legged friends. Um, you got to take your own personal protection, your own personal safety in your own hands. Um, and don't call me, but get a man to walk your dogs. <laughs> call you to buy a gun. <laughs> right. All right. I know I'm being mean right now. I'm being cruel. All right, but let's talk Bitcoin and guns. That's what I want to talk about. Bitcoin and guns. Zach, we want to talk Bitcoin and guns. I love talking Bitcoin and you guns. You love talking crypto. Two of my you favorite like, topics. You like talking cryptocurrency. Uh-huh. All right, so. Especially right now. Why, why especially right now? Because Bitcoin is over 40 grand. All right. What? I mean, I remember it was almost years ago 60, when it though. almost hit 20 and then dipped back down, went down to three, and then it just went to the moon from there. All right, well, let's bring it to the conversation. Ragnar, uh, he's the one of the uh, hosts of Guns and Bitcoin. Uh, so, Ragnar, I hope I'm saying your first name right. Welcome to Come and Talk It. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. All right, and then do me a favor and pronounce your last name for me. Leaf Thracer. Ah, yeah, I would have. I definitely would have messed that one up for sure. Uh, definitely. All right, so am I pronouncing the first name right, Ragnar? Yep, Ragnar. All right, awesome. Man, so Ragnar, you know, tell us about yourself. You know, what do you do now? How did you get into cryptocurrency? Thanks. Uh, well, I'm the founder of Guns and Bitcoin. We're um, a product and educational company focused on freedom technology. 
So obviously that includes guns and Bitcoin. And uh, we have our annual conference coming up uh, in Austin, April 10th and 11th. That's a day and a half conference. Uh, just talking about cryptocurrency, talking about 3D printed guns, talking about you know encrypted technologies, and that's the focus of my my time. It's full time doing this, and I love it. So why bit why guns and Bitcoin though? Why that? Yeah, I get that question a lot because a lot of people don't see the uh, crossover or the commonality between the two. Both guns and Bitcoin give you an asymmetric defense against a superior adversary using technology or tools. So in the case of guns, it's obvious that you get this asymmetric ad advantage, um, like the, the guy that you were showing previously when you started the show, who there was two guys against one, if he had a gun, he would have a better advantage than two against one, or if you're a woman against a larger man, or if you're a couple of individuals against the nation state, that gun gives you this asymmetric um, defensive ability to defend yourself. Um, again, using a tool, not using, you know, politics or rhetoric or argumentation or anything else or economics. Bitcoin is similar where it gives you this asymmetric defense against a more powerful adversary, the state, um, PayPal, um, you know, these third party providers. So that's that's what I see as the overlapping tools, giving you asymmetric advantage. Um, and then, of course, there's that's the defensive capabilities. The offensive capabilities are equally as powerful. Um, so in the case of guns, obviously you can, you could hunt, um, for animals, feed your family, make a living with Bitcoin. You can conduct your business with Bitcoin as, as you do. So for me, they're one in the same and they're basically kind of a summary of, of part of my life philosophy. And I'm sure part of yours as well. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, uh, Ragnar, what is Bitcoin? What is cryptocurrency? Yeah, Bitcoin is a peer to peer electronic cash system. So it's a system and the currency of that peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system is also called Bitcoin. So there's the system and there's the currency. And this currency, Bitcoin, has some special characteristics because it's peer-to-peer -peer and because it's, it's a software system. So number one, because it's peer-to-peer, -peer, it's money that can't be censored or seized. Unlike with the U.S. dollar, where the banks can seize it, the government can seize it, PayPal, third parties can prevent you from spending it from earning it bitcoin it's peer-to-peer -peer, so it's not that way it's censorship resistant um, the other uh, unique characteristic of bitcoin as a money compared to the dollar is that bitcoin isn't controlled by a committee of, of banks or government officials it's just software that was designed and set in motion like a clock that is wound up and then it just goes same with bitcoin so we, we don't have this problem of inflation and monetary manipulation that only favors you know, the very rich Bitcoin is is not that way. It's just an algorithm. So you can't inflate Bitcoin when you need to fund a war. You can't inflate Bitcoin when you need to um, bail out the banks and special interests. So Bitcoin is money. It's very unique money uh, that is good for people like us who are just working class, middle class people um, against censors, whether it's from the government or private censors. Is it secret? It used to be. And that was a good time to buy, but now Bitcoin is, is I would call it pretty much mainstream. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love Bitcoin, and I love what you're saying here. Um, th there are a few worries that I have, and maybe you could, uh, you know, help put them to rest. 
Um, tell me what uh, what is your opinion on basically the Chinese Communist government getting in on Bitcoin mining and having these huge uh, mining farms and server farms? Yeah, so th that's a common, I think, uh, weakness or threat that a lot of people hear. And that actually hasn't been proven to be a threat as Bitcoin were on, what, 12 years now? Um, simply because the miners don't control Bitcoin. And for those who, who don't know Bitcoin as well, basically mining is the process by which Bitcoins are created or rather discovered. So when you're mining Bitcoin, you're running specialized computers that uh, sort of work as a lottery where you're doing some, some very simple math equations. And when that math equation is solved, the Bitcoins are created and then distributed to the network. So the reason why a, a monopoly of Chinese miners um, isn't as big of a threat as, as people think it is, is simply because uh, the users running nodes can choose to reject blocks that they produce that might be um, invalid or that might be hostile. And we saw this back in, uh, during, not to get too technical into, the, into the, the weeds here, but we saw this proven a couple of years ago um, during something that was called UASF when basically the Bitcoin network was adopting an upgrade uh, the Chinese miners uh, opposed it and said that they were going to block it and were basically going to control the network and they failed and the users are proved to be who was in charge. So the Chinese mining um, issue is, is proven not to be as much of a threat, although Bitcoin does have, I think, real threats that few people um, in Bitcoin actually are, are facing but should face. What do you think is the, uh, the worst of those threats? Well, it's, it's the state doing what it's doing right now, which is controlling Bitcoin through kind of a side door, which is through taxation, through regulation. So, for example, when you sell your Bitcoin, you have to pay capital gains. And when you spend your Bitcoin, there's often a transaction tax. So the state is funding itself by collecting taxes on Bitcoin. And so that's not good. And then they are also a threat to Bitcoin because of the KYC AML financial laws um, that, that third parties have to comply with. So what's happening is that even though uh, Bitcoin is relatively, it's pseudonymous, um, it's not perfectly anonymous, it's pseudonymous, but most people buy and sell their Bitcoin with these third party exchanges who comply, who have to comply with government financial money laundering regulations. So what does that mean? It means that every time you buy or sell from these companies, they collect, they have your name, your social security number, your birthday, your phone number, your email address, a photo ID of you, um, connections to your bank, basically everything. And so the, the threat to Bitcoin coming from the state and now private parties is when you use these third parties. So basically the regulation that's uh, coming down on it. Yeah, well, not only is it the regulation, but just them being able to not only surveil the entire network of users who, who use these services, but not other people, um, number one. But number two, the fact that they sort of have an on-off button, because if the majority of people who buy and sell Bitcoin use these regulated parties, the government can wake up and say, you know what, we don't like Bitcoin anymore. And they tell every single one of those banks and third party uh, services to stop, you know, doing anything with Bitcoin and they can seize the Bitcoin held there. And that's it for the majority of people using Bitcoin. You know, probably not for me because I don't really use those services very much, but that's the real threat to Bitcoin. And it's happening right now.
Yeah, a lot of people don't actually hold the keys to their own Bitcoin. They have their Bitcoin in these wallets that are controlled by exchanges, but they think that they have control of their Bitcoin when in actuality the exchange holds all the keys. Correct. And, but it's even worse than that because some people will say, well, yes, I bought my Bitcoin on you know Coinbase or Swan Bitcoin or one of these regulated third parties, and I transferred it to my, my wallet, which is good. You, you do want to do that. You want to get it into your own wallet, like you said. You want to control your private keys to control your Bitcoin. But the problem, though, is that the state knows you have that Bitcoin, and they, and they know the address you sent it to. And so should something happen where they decide, hey, we want to seize people's Bitcoin. We want to go after this, this guy, uh, John Smith, who owns Bitcoin. He bought it on Coinbase. They, can, they, they know you have the Bitcoin and they can force you to give it to them. And if you say, well, I'm not going to give you my private key. Well, that's fine. They know you have it. And so they'll just seize your house. They'll put you in jail um, and you'll turn over that Bitcoin unless you want to lose everything and, and spend some time in jail. So. So to answer, going back to the original kind of topic, what's the threat to Bitcoin that we need to face? It's it's the state and its reliance on these third parties. And Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer technology. The second Bitcoin stops uh, being used peer-to-peer, it's not Bitcoin. All right, we're talking with Ragnar. We're talking about Bitcoin and guns. Cryptocurrency is the future. Are you ready? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Peace, this is Mark Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking Bitcoin and guns. We're talking about cryptocurrency. It is the future. Are you ready? You know, some gun shops like Central Texas Gunworks already accept Bitcoin as a form of payment. We've been accepting Bitcoin as a form of payment since 2013. Are you ready? It is the future. Do you know that a lot of gun stores are so in the dark ages when it comes to technology 
that some of them are like you they're dependent on fax machines you know when they're doing their business I'll, really that's <laughs> crazy and some people you know don't even have email you know it, it it gets difficult sometimes dealing with other gun stores you gotta you know you gotta come into the future this technology embrace technology and cryptocurrency is the future whether you like it or not I was told back in 2013, 2014 that, you know, Michael, if you deal in Bitcoin, you're going to go to jail. They're going to put you in jail because you're dealing in cryptocurrency, and that's a bad sign. Don't do it. I had people send me messages, private messages. They were all in my DMs. Zach, they were all up in my DMs. What were they? They were all up in my DMs, let me tell you. And tell me, don't get into cryptocurrency. Don't do it. You know, you're gonna go to jail if you do if you deal with cryptocurrency. I you know, I said, you know what? I ignored those people and I got involved in cryptocurrency. And look at where we are today. It went up to almost sixty thousand dollars for one Bitcoin. And now it's dropped down to what is it now, Zach? About forty four ish. Forty four ish, I think. Yeah. Are you are you sad? No, you're why ha- would I be sad? You're happy. That's right, because it's higher than it way higher than it was when you first got it's, into it. It's uh, 15 times higher than it was a year ago. Uh, oh, that's a good sign for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, good sign for you, Michael. It's a good sign for Don't us. Don't you all. take Bitcoin for guns? We do. We accept Bitcoin for guns. Do you know that every time that price goes up, every time the price of Bitcoin goes up, cryptocurrency goes up, people buy a lot of guns and they use it. You know, use their cryptocurrency. I believe it. It's crazy. All right, we're talking with Ragnar. Ragnar does guns and Bitcoin. All right, Ragnar. Let's talk guns and Bitcoin. All right. So I am uh, looking at some statistics online that show that the uh, hash rate that the USA is responsible for is about 7% of the worldwide uh, Bitcoin hash rate. Russia is about 7%. Kazakhstan is 6%. Malaysia is at 4%. And China has 65% of the total hash rate. Does that worry you at all? I mean, just knowing those sheer numbers? No, as I explained, that's a non-issue. But uh, isn't it if 51% of the computers that are running uh, Bitcoin, basically, if 51% of them say something, then it goes into the blockchain? You're talking about a double spend, which is rare and doesn't rewrite the blockchain, doesn't do anything. It's it's a double spend. It might happen once. In the last 12 years, we've had the same mining, and there's never been an issue. Okay, good, because uh, yeah, those numbers don't seem to, to sit well when you just look at them outright. Yeah, once you understand how it works, then it's really not an issue. Because like I said, again, the miners don't control the network. The users who run nodes control Bitcoin. So if, again, to repeat the point I made earlier, if these Chinese miners were to decide we have 51% of the hash power, we're going to start changing things, then the users will reject those blocks and then that Bitcoin that they mined would become unspendable. They couldn't sell it. It would be dead money in the water. And this was proven, like I had previously explained, back when we were activating SegWit, when the Chinese miner said, we don't like this software upgrade you guys are going to do, and we're going to block it. And they, they threatened, and they said everything that they were going to do. And when it came down to it, they didn't. Why? Because the user said, if you Chinese miners do this, 
We will invalidate your blocks and the Bitcoin that you spent millions of dollars of mining will be worth zero. So the 51% mining attack is the very much pretty much a non-issue there's a lot better things that we can discuss with bitcoin especially when it comes to threats so it's already been tried and failed so hold on a yes. second. let's go back a little bit all right so thomas says hey how then do you earn or buy bitcoin if you don't use the exchanges yeah so how do you buy bitcoin is what he's asking because you can't earn it thomas unless you're unless you're hooking uh so we're talking about buying well, that's a, that's a great question. I'm glad he asked that. So earning Bitcoin is probably the best way to get Bitcoin for a couple of reasons. First, because you don't go through these KYC, AML, third-party services that get taxed, that, that surveil and track you and can censor you. So the best way to earn Bitcoin is to offer a good or service that Bitcoiners want to pay in Bitcoin with. For example, Michael at Central, Central Texas Gunworks, he accepts Bitcoin. And I know he has uh, some customers who are Bitcoiners and gun enthusiasts there in Austin. And so he earns Bitcoin because he has this good and service that people want to pay for in Bitcoin. I earn Bitcoin uh, through our company, Guns and Bitcoin. We're having our conference in Austin, April 10th and 11th, and we sell tickets and some people pay in Bitcoin. So I'm earning Bitcoin right there. Um, you can do other things. You could have a side gig. Uh, maybe it's tutoring. Maybe it's creating graphic art. Uh, maybe it's mowing lawns. Anything that you can do, you can accept Bitcoin. Now, whether or not people pay you is a different story, um, but that's that's how to do it. So start with wherever you are, whatever you do in life, whatever your job is, whatever you have, just start accepting Bitcoin, putting it out there and see what happens. Um, and going back to the other question about where to buy Bitcoin, if not on these third-party exchanges, well, there's actually... Um, two pretty well-known peer-to-peer exchanges where you can buy Bitcoin directly from another person. So you're not buying it from a company, you're buying it from a fellow Bitcoiner. And the first one is BISC, B-I-S-Q, BISC. And it's a peer-to-peer -peer trading network. So if you can't earn it or you need to buy some or sell some, uh, download the BISC software and, and try it out. It's great. And you know what, and Ragnar, um, Bitcoin is going down a little bit. You know, the, the price is going down. What's happening right now? Uh, are we getting ready? To, am I, am I going to lose all my Bitcoin? Is it going to crash? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, 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 know, I, I know you're joking. I, yeah, I know you're joking because you've been in Bitcoin for a long time. So you're that's that's a question you're a actually asking the audience. But yeah, Bitcoin is going down. Bitcoin is going up. It goes down. It goes up. Um, the volatility of Bitcoin is its greatest strength and its greatest weakness, right? So when it's volatile going up from 6,000 to 45,000, that's great volatility. When it goes from 45,000 down to 20,000 or 20,000 down to 3,000, that's bad volatility. So volatility, volatility is a reality of life in Bitcoin. Um, but it, I would say it's its greatest weakness because to use money for commerce, you know, if, if you're a business like mine and, and your, your, your money is in Bitcoin, well, how do you um, budget for the future if the Bitcoin could be what it's worth, you know, half of what it's worth? Um, it becomes very difficult. Um, and then it's also a problem because people might want to spend Bitcoin, but they say, well, maybe it's going to go up. So I, I don't want to get rid of that. And so if you're in Bitcoin, you just got to accept that good and bad of the volatility. Yeah, there have actually been five times in Bitcoin's history where the price has dropped 80%. Yeah. And it's, it's going yeah. to go down. It's going to go down. And you know what? I anticipate by 
2022, sometime in 2022, if not before that, it would hit 100,000. I, I could see that happening. I now, think, if, if you're wrong, you're going to regret it, but I think you're going to be right. No, I think I'm going to be right. I'm willing to bet on it. And you know what? It, it, and now's the time to buy. It's, it's a good time to buy right now. So if I were you, um, you know, if you're, you're thinking about it, you have doubts about it, go ahead and buy it right now. Uh, you know, download uh, one of the apps. Like um, you can do what? Bisk, like uh, he said. Which, which, what is it? Bisk, B-I-S-Q. Yeah, because I don't like BitPay. I hate them. Yeah, Bit. Yeah. I hate BitPay is bad. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. They're anti-gun. Yeah, it... Let's boycott them. Yeah, there are also <laughs> local Bitcoin meetups where you, uh, you know, go to this monthly actual in-person meeting so what with is it? other G- give Bitcoin me some... users and you get kind of matched up with people who want to buy or sell. All right. So give me some good, some good apps that they can download where they can buy Bitcoin or buy cri- other cryptocurrencies, not just Bitcoin. So other than that. So, uh, um, yeah, so like I said, to buy Bitcoin is BISC, B-I-S-Q. In terms of a wallet where you send and hold your Bitcoin, uh, for a mobile phone, Samurai Wallet is is the wallet that I recommend. Even if you have an Apple phone, just buy some cheap Android phone and download the Samurai Wallet. Samurai Wallet um, has a lot of privacy tools um, that you can use. I think it's the best mobile wallet, if not one of the best wallets all around. So again, that's Samurai Wallet. And they're also a sponsor of our Barons and Bitcoin conference. Um, and then for running a node, the node is what allows you to verify transactions and making sure that there's not any double spends or any issues. Um, so there's plenty of good nodes to, to download. Uh, there's a Samurai Ronin Dojo node, uh, for example. So I would just just start with that. Start with the mobile wallet. Um, start with running a node, probably Ronin Dojo, or, or there's some other ones. And then for your desktop wallet. So instead of having it on your phone, on your computer, Electrum is a great desktop wallet. So that's E-L-E-C-T-R-U-M, Electrum Wallet. All right. All right, so, um, man, I, talk a little bit more about how does cryptocurrency actually work? So, because people, there's some people that are still confused about it. So how do we, you know, how, how does it work behind the scenes? You know, is there a certain amount of Bitcoin that's out there? Uh, is, is, can, you know, like the dollar, can we print more dollar bills? Can we, you know, produce more cryptocurrency, more Bitcoin? How does it actually work? Yeah. So there's, there's two parts to how Bitcoin works. I think first is just how is the money created and disseminated and first, how is it sent? Um, so we know with the U S dollar, we have the central banks that just make money out of thin air. There's nothing backing it. It's not backed by gold or silver or anything else. And the government just simply prints it like they print paper and print photos with Bitcoin though. The way to understand is it's like a mechanical clock. So when you develop and build a mechanical clock, you put in certain springs of a certain sizes and gears of a, you know, certain ratios because you want it to, you know, give time at a fixed schedule. Once you design that clock and you wind it up, it just runs. It just, you know, 60 seconds in a minute, um, 24 hours in a day. It's set up ahead of time. Bitcoin is the same way. So Satoshi Nakamoto designed Bitcoin wrote the software and he said, okay, there's going to be a couple of things. There's going to be 20 million, 21 million Bitcoin in total. About every 10 minutes, we're going to release some Bitcoin and they're going to be made. And then once he designed that software and he wound it up and pushed the on button, 
Bitcoin just started to run and it's just sort of in an automated, you could say process, like a mechanical clock that runs. So, so that's how it, it, it is created. All right. And then, um, so going back to the question about like how, how does it work behind the scene in terms of like buying and, or excuse me, sending Bitcoin, receiving Bitcoin, buying and selling Bitcoin. Right. Well, you have a wallet and that's where you receive it. That's where you keep it. And there's a network of computers that it runs on, just like the internet. The internet is like a, it's a network of computers. I have a server for my website. Michael has a server for his website. There's the YouTube, you know, website, and they're all running this network of computers and all the computers talk to each other. And it's same with Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin runs over this network of computers and every person can run their own, you know, Bitcoin computer, which is called a node. So I run a node and I see um, all the transactions on the Bitcoin network I can see when I send Bitcoin out. I send it from my computer when I receive it. I receive it to my Bitcoin computer. So it's just a network of computers is how it's run and how you send and buy Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, it's 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 amazing how that stuff works. You know, I like talking to people. You know, if I want to have private conversations, you know, I do. I get off my cell phone and I actually use my network. I actually have my own my my own phone system has its own server network and all that stuff. So I'll talk to someone for private conversation on my own network, my own servers and not the cell phone. We're talking Bitcoin. We're talking Bitcoin and guns. Cryptocurrency is the future. Are you ready? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking guns and Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrency. It is the way of the future. Are you ready? You need to get yourself some cryptocurrency. Get yourself a wallet. Buy some Bitcoin. Sit on it for a while. That's right. Wait about a year. You'll make some money. All right, so my question is, should, should I buy Bitcoin? And why... Is cryptocurrency, well, was it on the verge of a bear market? Some people say, say it was about a week ago. So Bitcoin was on the brink of entering a bear market Tuesday as the volatile crypto asset suffered a double-digit plunge over the past 24-hour period. A single Bitcoin was trading at $47,944.40, down around 10% on Coindesk, representing a roughly 18% skid for the popular digital asset from its rise over the weekend to a record $58,000, $58,332. I'm sorry, $58,332.36. The world's number one crypto had tumbled by at least 20% from that recent peak. Uh, so, Ragnar, you know, do you think it was on the verge of a bear market there? No, this is just what Bitcoin does. Bitcoin is a volatile beast and it shoots up 20% and it drops 20%. It's, it's not like fiat, which is generally uh, not that volatile comparatively. So, you know, the volatility of Bitcoin is a reality. And when it goes up, it's great volatility. When it goes down, it's bad volatility. So uh, I think you asked, should, should people buy Bitcoin? Should everyone buy Bitcoin? You know, I'm not one of those people who says everyone should. 
And the people who should not buy Bitcoin are people, two people. Uh, number one, if you're in a financial situation where you cannot afford to have Bitcoin go down greater than, you know, 5% or 10%, don't buy Bitcoin. It's, it's just too risky for you. Uh, number two, I wouldn't buy Bitcoin unless you understand really what it is, the philosophy behind it, the goals behind it, and, and how it works. Otherwise, you, you just might make a mistake and lose some. So I suggest everyone looks into it, but not everyone should buy it. Yeah, we have to preface by saying that any investment is risky, including Bitcoin, and don't invest anything more than you're willing to lose. Absolutely. And we used to say that years ago, but it seems like that kind of went away, maybe because we've had such a great long term track record. But besides yeah. buying it, I think, you know, people need to talk more about using it. Yeah. And, you know, like this show, like, you know, what you guys are talking about, Michael, all the uh, censorship that's happened and, and, and what we've had just in the last year, we've seen, you know, enormous deplatforming. We've seen enormous censorship. And it's only going to get worse. And money is a weapon. And what these these people and these governments do is use money as a weapon against you. How? By preventing you from earning money, by um, getting you fired from your job, by seizing your accounts, by taking away your ability to accept um, you know payments on your website. And so, if you do not want to be financially deplatformed, if you do not want to lack the ability to earn or receive money, I suggest that you get involved with Bitcoin and start using it and accepting it and earning it because it's the only lifeline. For example, Gab, um, you know, Gab was, I mean, they went after Gab like unlike anything we've ever seen and after their founder, Andrew Torba. And the only reason why they've been able to survive is because they've been able to accept Bitcoin and they have a lot of Bitcoin donations. Yeah. Same thing happened to Wikipedia. So if you're a gun owner, if you're a conservative, if you're in any group that the powers that be don't like, you better get involved in Bitcoin before you get financially deplatformed. And Gab has their own infrastructure, correct? Excuse me? Gab, uh, don't they have their own network infrastructure? Yeah, Gab does have their own network infrastructure. They've had to have everything their own, you know, their server, their email provider, their you know domain, everything. And so you bring up a great point, which is Bitcoin doesn't solve all this censorship. You also have a have to have full stack technology, full stack freedom technology. So that can be your domain, your web hosting, your money, which is Bitcoin, social media, self-hosted chat, um, email, everything. And Bitcoin is just one tool of freedom technology, an important one, but just one. Yeah, because anything Gap. hosted by Amazon or Google, that can all just be taken away and taken down overnight. Exactly. And those are third parties. You know, Facebook, you don't own your Facebook account. It runs on their servers. Nope. It's their terms of service. So any third party, Facebook, Google, Instagram, uh, GoDaddy, all the, all of these third parties can just flip the off button on you. Exactly. And going back to the Bitcoin conversation, how Bitcoin is peer to peer, um, it's not using a third party if you do it correctly. And so there's not a Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin is a corporation that can say, I don't like what you said. So we're kicking you off of the Bitcoin network. You know, Bitcoin as a peer-to-peer -peer technology prevents that 
you know, financial deplatforming. And it's the same principle for these other technologies, you know, just like um, BitTorrent. BitTorrent is a peer-to-peer technology and it's still running 20, 30 years later. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what the Reddit, you know, community did to GameStop, you know, and the people, you know, you need to get into it, jump on it, you know, and, and attack them, you know, in that way. And you, I, I like, I like when people talk about things on Reddit because your older generation don't understand Reddit. They're not on Reddit. They don't know anything about it. And so they're out of the know. And so when you, you know, you do things like that, you talk about it, you, you strategize and you get together and you do things, you know, and it catches them off guard, you know, kind of this, uh, that, that's kind of how I look at it a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? Zach? Yeah. That whole wall street bets, Reddit, GameStop, uh, everything that happened there is is something that really warms my heart because <laughs> all the little people came together to basically team up against hedge funds. The man. Yeah, the proverbial man. They went against got the man. stomped on by the little guy. The 12-year-old. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. <laughs> dilly, dilly. <laughs> yeah, I love stories like that because it's so rare that the people will actually come together and be able to overpower these huge financial entities, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, it, man, it's beautiful. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's. Uh, there's a lot of parallels to Bitcoin, and uh, that as well. You know. All right. So uh, someone says, "How do you keep hackers out of you know controlling Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? What happens with it?" Well, that's what's great. So, you know, the the Bitcoin network really hasn't ever been hacked. There's been a couple of bugs that popped up that were quickly fixed. But um, to prevent the Bitcoin from being hacked, you run a Bitcoin computer, which is called a node. It's just the software that validates things. And so let's say, for example, someone tries to send you Bitcoin that is, quote unquote, counterfeited in some way. There's there's some, you know, scam that they're trying to send you with Bitcoin. If you're running your Bitcoin node, your Bitcoin computer, it will automatically reject that. And so they can't scam you. So to answer the question, run a Bitcoin node. All right. So you can't like uh, have it, you know, your your cryptocurrency on a on a little uh, disk or something like that. And then use that little, you know, disk or fob or whatever, stick in your computer and kind of counterfeit it. That's it's kind of hard to do. You're saying, yeah, it's it's actually quite amazing because you know if someone passes you a twenty, fifty, hundred dollar bill, it might be counterfeited, and you know how do you check that? Or you know, PayPal scams, all sorts of things. But Bitcoin it will automatically reject any sort of. Um, invalid Bitcoin transaction if you're running your your Bitcoin node. Um, so, you know, Bitcoin network hasn't ever been hacked. A couple bugs popped up, but never been hacked. Ooh, I hate saying never. Yeah, if somebody actually gets uh, access to your computer mm-hmm. and you have your wallet, uh, like a hardware wallet hooked up to that, then there's some possibility that can something take- can happen. But that's just your computer your- if you don't have it secured properly. And there's some potential, but I mean, that's I wouldn't it. worry yeah. about it. Uh, yeah, that's right. yeah. Like you said, that's not a Bitcoin problem. That's a All right, hold on a there, Ragnar. We're going to take a little break here. We'll come back. We're talking Bitcoin and guns. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. 
There are two things that we like in Texas. We like our, our financial you know, stability, we like our financial freedom, and we love our firearms. Uh, and Bitcoin, it gives you a secure way of making that transaction. Maybe you know people don't find out who actually made the transaction, but guess what? When you walk into the gun store, you're still gonna have to fill out the 4473. We're still gonna call the FBI, do the background check, um, and get the okay. Now this is not about you being a one-armed security team trained to clear entire building, <laughs> okay? This is about your personal protection and the protection of your family. Uh, this is about taking their own, you know, personal protection in their own hands. And that's the same thing for Bitcoin. It's not that it's political for me, but this is about uh, taking your financial, taking that financial responsibility upon yourself and controlling your finances yourself and not depending on the banking systems who are too big to fail. We started accepting Bitcoin in January of this year. Uh, we are the first gun store in Texas to accept Bitcoin. You can testify before a Texas State House Committee with the handgun on you. You can testify before a Texas State Senate Committee with the handgun on you. You can sit in the House gallon and watch debates take place. You can sit in the Senate gallon and watch debates take place in the state of Texas with a handgun on you. And that's why I love Texas. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do here, um, you're going to buy a, buy a gun, a neoliberal t-shirt. And we're going to have you either scan your QR code or you can type in the address and then we're going to tell you the amount and then you'll send it. And we're going to actually write up that receipt right now so we can find out what that amount is. It's $12.99 and then taxes, um, it's $14.06. And so the amount in Bitcoin is 0 .0231. So we will scan the address and we'll type in the amount, $14.06. And click send. This transaction is pending. As soon as it gets a confirmation, I'll show complete. Just tells me I received, I received the payment. So it, I received it on my end already. So he'll get a confirmation on his end. We've gotten a great bump in sales. I would say maybe it's 5% um, increase our sales actually with Bitcoin. Um, we've now increased our business by 50%. Just announcing the fact that we actually accept Bitcoin and we have a CoinVote ATM. We actually started selling firearms on our website because of Bitcoin. I never wanted to sell guns online, but once we started accepting Bitcoin, I was inundated with emails and phone calls. Well, hey, you know, I'm in California. Can I buy a gun in your gun store using Bitcoin? So we had, we had no choice but to put them on the website. The reason I opened Central Texas Gun Works and I started doing what I do is because my grandmother at 70 years old decided that she was gonna go to college to get a college degree. While my grandmother was sitting at a um, bus stop after leaving a college library, waiting for a bus to come, a guy came along, mugged her, and raped her. And I decided at that point that I would make sure that every female in my family had the tools they need to protect themselves. That's why I became a concealed handgun licensed instructor, and that's why I opened this gun store. Bitcoin gives the people, it returns that power back to the people to control their destiny, control the money themselves, be their own banks, and give them their financial independence. We're talking about Bitcoin and gun sales. We're talking about Bitcoin and guns. We're talking cryptocurrency. Uh, check this out. So North Korea hackers charged in a massive cryptocurrency theft and scheme. So federal authorities said that three North Korean computer programmers have been indicted for conducting a series of cyber attacks to steal and extort more than $1.3 billion in cash and cryptocurrency from financial institutions and companies. The programmers also are accused of creating and deploying, creating and deploying multiple malicious cryptocurrency applications and to develop a fraudulently market a blockchain platform 
according to a Department of Justice press release. An official said that charges laid out Wednesday expand a case from 2018 that detailed the cyber attack on Sony Pictures and the creation of the ransomware known as WannaCry. And so these people, uh, a.k.a. Kwang Jang and Julian Kim and Pak Kwang Jin, were the ones that were indicted. Federal authorities said that Wednesday that three North Korean computer programmers have been indicted for conducting a series of attacks. And so it, it's, you know, it's possible. It, 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 as this grows in popularity, I do think that the hackers will come out. What do you think, Zach? I mean, sure. Uh, it's it, important to note that they stole from the financial institutions themselves and not from Bitcoin as a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Not from the Bitcoin network, but from the people who had the Bitcoin. They took it from the man. <laughs> That's what you're saying. They took it, they well, they took took it, from, it from, the from the holder. The holder right. of the man. Mm-hmm. The man who's holding the man. <laughs> yeah, the proverbial man here. The proverbial man. No, mm-hmm. the man. The man. All right, so we're <laughs> we're talking we're talking about Bitcoin and guns. All right, so Ragnar, what are your thoughts about that? I don't know if you heard about that North Korean story or not. Yeah. You did Yeah, that, that North Korean Yeah, that North Korean story is really interesting. I, I think what a lot of people miss with that story is that even though, you know, the US government knew who did it and how they did it, you know, they weren't able to take that money back. So, um, you know, whereas other institutions um, that keep their currency in dollars or euros, whatever it be, they can go to those banks, shut down the banks, get those money back from the banks, wherever they may be. But if you're North Korea or you're, you're someone else and you take uh, cryptocurrency, you, you manage to you know, defraud people and get their, their, their cryptocurrency, their Bitcoin, well, you know, the government doesn't control Bitcoin, so they can't go in and take that out. So is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Well, it kind of just depends on on who you are. But it does show the, I think, asymmetric defense that Bitcoin offers against the greater adversary. In this case, it was North Korea versus the United States, but it can be reversed. All right. So uh, uh, Anthony on Facebook says that this guy is using lin- uh, linguistic sleight of hand. Yes, BTC is crypto is cryptography and secure, but no computer is secure. Uh, he's saying that no network is hack-proof. Easy, easy money brings out the worst in people. Uh, what do you think? What, what's your reply to that? Sure. I would ask him, when in the last 12 years has the Bitcoin network been hacked? And uh, the, the answer is, you know, zero. I mean, and any single computer can act, act absolutely be hacked. Any single computer can be hacked. Any hundreds of computers can, can be hacked. Um, but the key to Bitcoin's robustness is the fact that it is so uh, decentralized and distributed. So it's not one central computer running the Bitcoin network. It's, it's over hundreds of thousands of computers uh, called Bitcoin nodes. And so if my node somehow gets compromised, and it could be, if, if Michael's node at his gun store does, um, if thousands also get compromised, it still won't matter because there are, again, hundreds of thousands, if not more, of Bitcoin computers validating the network. And that's also why Bitcoin is so much better than any other cryptocurrency out there. Because unlike, you know, Litecoin or pick your any other cryptocurrency out there, those are centralized. And so if attackers gain control of a certain number of those computers, then they can do some real damage. But Bitcoin is just way too decentralized um, so that it can overcome individual attacks. 
But with those statistics about China having all this hash power and basically the fact that they have, you know, 1.7 billion people in their population, is there some possibility in the future where they utilize the fact that they have, you know, this totalitarian government uh, to actually get 51% and, uh, you know, do what you're talking about there? Yeah, so uh, again, for the third time, it's not the miners who control the network. So it, it's important to understand there's there's two parts to Bitcoin. There's the creation of Bitcoin, and then there is the um, sending and receiving of Bitcoin. So what happens is miners run the computers and they produce Bitcoin, which they then want to, you know, sell and pass on so that they can get their money back for all, all their investment. Mm -hmm. What happens is that the entire Bitcoin network, me, every other Bitcoin owner out there runs our computers and we say, here is the version of the software that we want. Here is what we consider a valid Bitcoin. Okay, so if, if it's China, North Korea somehow gets greater than 51% of the hash power, it won't matter because our computers control the network and we tell the miners, we do not accept this Bitcoin that you just created. Your Bitcoin is worth zero. And because they don't want their Bitcoin to be worth zero and lost all their money mining it, they won't do it. And again, this, this isn't a hypothetical thing. This was proven um, back when we were activating SegWit back in uh, 2017. So again, non-issue. We have other issues with Bitcoin, but mining in China is not one of them. So even if they have a majority of the users and the hash power, it makes no difference. So what you're talking about is that somehow a nation state could control all of the mining, could control the entire network, which is decentralized over hundreds of thousands of computers. I suppose it's about as possible as us sending some nukes to the sun and blowing up the sun. I guess if we send a billion nukes to the sun, we can do it. So if the Chinese government makes a billion computers, then they could possibly do something like that? Yeah, I guess if a pig could fly, then it could fly, but they don't. So I'm not sure why you'd want to worry about a pig flying. And then it's the same with Bitcoin. Okay. All right, so let's, man, let's change gears. Let's talk about the, you know, the 3D printed guns here. So AG, the Adjutant General for New York State, Letitia James backs effort to defend ban on 3D printed guns. So a coalition of 21 attorneys general from around the country led by New York's Letitia James has formed to defend state level measures banning 3D printed guns amid a challenge before the U.S. Supreme Court. I think, you know, New York state and these 21 attorneys generals are actually, you know, they, they are afraid of freedom. I think that's what the issue is. They're, they're afraid to... Um, allow people you know, their own freedom. Uh, the firearms can be manufactured through downloadable materials and 3D, printed, uh, 3D printer in a person's home. And New York in 2019 approved legislation banning 3D guns. And other states have approved similar measures as well. Now, one of the main concerns among policymakers is the guns are essentially untraceable because they lack a serial number or other mm. features that can make them identifiable we come back from the break and to talk about this and more this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk folks this is doug man jones 
And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talking. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so let's go back to talk about this AG, Attorney General from New York State. Let's get all up in this. All right, so AG Letitia James, uh, she started a coalition of 21 other attorneys general from other states around the country to lead uh, in this fight against 3D printed guns. Now, according to what uh, this attorney general says, and she says, I'm going to say it in her voice, for years, we've been fighting defense distributors' illegal efforts to make dangerous assault weapons more easily accessible to anyone with an internet connection. All right, let's hear Letitia. Man, sit down somewhere. I think your weave is too tight. All right, so next time you come on, you know, you, you get on TV and you're going to, you know, attack my firearms, I suggest you get a better, I, uh, uh, get a better, what do you call this right here? Uh, what's that right there? Eyebrow? Eyebrow job. That's right, because it's, it's too tight. It's not. It's cut wrong. Uh, so, yeah, worry about your hairdo. Don't worry about my guns. All right, so what she says is despite the lawsuit that they filed and they've asked for a cease and desist letter, uh, they actually sent to Defense Distributed. Uh, Defense Distributed has repeatedly taken steps to make it easier for, for, according to them, for criminals and terrorists to get their hands on guns and for anyone to print unregistered, tr untraceable and in many cases, undetectable firearms. See, the problem is, here's what you don't understand. When it comes to guns and gun control, it's all racist. It started back in the 1600s with the country in the Northeast, in that part of the country in the 1600s, saying that you cannot sell firearms to Indians, the indigenous people. And then you couldn't repair firearms to Indians, the indigenous people. So gun control in this country has always been racist, and gun control laws is all about racism, okay? All about controlling a group of people and keeping guns from certain types of people and certain groups of people. And that is what this attorney general is actually doing. She's falling into that same trap. And I don't care what race you are. When I go home tonight, my sister's going to be upset at me. Don't you attack a black woman on the radio. I don't care what color you are. If you come after my guns, I'm getting all in your DMs. That's my job. Get your hands off my guns. If you're attacking my firearms, you are racist. That's all I got to say. You're not wrong. Thank you. Let's go back and talk about Bitcoin and guns before I get excited. And the producer gets all nervous and starts putting his hand close to the button. <laughs> all right so let's talk bitcoin and guns all right so let's go back to ratner man ratner you know let's let's talk about uh gpus where are all the gpus manufactured for these machines is now? this a question going back to bitcoin and mining yes sir okay yeah so GPUs are made in Asia, and I think this is kind of a dead horse if you guys want to beat it. I think the threat of mining and mining hardware was proven wrong uh, five years ago when we activated SegWit. Say it one more time. You think it, it was proven wrong? So you, yeah. So the fact, well, they're born in Asia. They're born in, I think, China, right? 
Yeah, they're born. Yeah, they're, they were actually made. Uh, they're manufactured in China. Uh, so there's a possibility that they can be hacked. Then no, no. Yeah. So actually, we 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 no longer use GPUs. That was technology from maybe eight years ago. We use what's called ASICs, and they're just specialized, you know, computer boards, computers to mine Bitcoin. So uh, again, the reason why this isn't an issue is okay. because the users validate the network. So if the mining chips have a bug, if China or North Korea or the U.S. government controls greater than 51% of the network, mm -hmm. the Bitcoin users will reject all of those blocks that they mine. They will reject all of their Bitcoin. So the users who have all the power in Bitcoin will simply invalidate anything that is... Um, an invalid Bitcoin transaction or or block. So this was this has been proven for 12 years because it hasn't happened. This was proven back in 2017 when the Chinese miners opposed a software upgrade and they threatened to do kind of some of the things that uh, you guys are talking about and they were defeated. Um, but going back to 3D printed guns, I think that's a great parallel with Bitcoin. Um, because it's something that is DIY. It's something that isn't controlled centrally like, uh, like you know, the U.S. dollar or any other government money. Um, traditional guns, you know, they're made by the big, big manufacturers and they're controlled at the point of sale, um, you know, by the gun stores and, and having to comply with the various gun laws. But 3D printed guns gets around all that legally, actually, by being, you, you being able to make your own guns. So it solves that problem of centralization of authority in manufacturing, just like Bitcoin solves the issue of a central power having that ability to turn on and off uh, your ability to transact. So 3D printed guns is actually even a better, closer uh, parallel to Bitcoin than traditional guns. All right. All right. So now tell us about your event, because you have an event coming up, Guns and Bitcoins. Is that right? That's right. So we're coming to your hometown. We're coming to Austin, April 10th and 11th. Our conference is called Bear Arms in Bitcoin. And so it's a day and a half conference talking about Bitcoins, guns. On Sunday morning, we're going to be at the gun range shooting guns. We're going to be shooting 3D printed guns. We're going to have a contest uh, for 3D printed guns for accuracy and speed. Um, so it's a, it's a great place to get some hands-on learning and meet kind of the top uh, people in 3D printed guns and in Bitcoin. Yep, there it is right there. Freedom Tech Conference for Makers and Dissidents. All right, so where is this going to be at? Uh, uh, so it's as gonna far be, as the conference part. Yeah, so it's going to be just uh, outside. There it is, hotel venue. It's going to be at this uh, hotel right here, just north of Austin. That's on Saturday's conference. And then Sunday's event is going to be at a private gun range and you know michael we should have you as a speaker that would be you'd be a great person for this conference oh yeah because you, you, I mean, you can't talk guns and bitcoin without inviting central texas gunworks yeah i think we tried to get you last year and just the uh, communication lines broke down but oh, i think we'd last love year, to have you guys out there. you yeah, guys are right yeah 2020 was crazy i mean, I mean it was like a controlled chaos you know from march until the end of the year uh we were just flying by the seat of our pants trying to just keep hold of you know just Keep everything under control on the wraps there because uh in march 13th was like d-day everyone walked into the gun store i need a gun i need i'll take any gun man we sold guns that we couldn't we sold we sold guns we could we couldn't sell for years you know they just bought everything so it was just 2020 was just madness
But uh, yeah. Yes. Well, Go ahead. well, now I got you on the spot. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. All right. So yeah, I'll I will come and I, if you want me to, I'll come and I'll talk. You know, you know some of the things that we've done. You know, as far as guns, because we need to get other gun, uh, gun retailers in into accepting cryptocurrency. Um, maybe gun retailers, maybe the manufacturers, more manufacturers. Some manufacturers have come and gone. Uh, we need to get some of our major manufacturers involved in cryptocurrency. Uh, it would make things a lot easier if we can do that. And I just, just think they don't understand, you know, you know, how much money they actually can make. They can actually increase their bottom line. Because uh, there was like, uh, there was one year, like three, four years ago, uh, one month, we did more in Bitcoin gun sales than we did in any other currency, cash, credit card, altogether. We did more in Bitcoin sales than either, any other currency, you know, and I thought that was just amazing. I thought it was just wild. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people will ask me, hey, do you know anyone that sells uh, guns who will accept Bitcoin? And you're the only one that I know of. So I, I send them to your, to, you know, to your website. And so you're right. Not only do uh, gun stores that accept Bitcoin get this sort of new crop of customers, maybe they wouldn't have had, but if they hold on to their Bitcoin and with a bit, little bit of luck, that Bitcoin could go up a lot in value. So it's kind of a, a no brainer. You know, there's a bit of a technical hurdle getting set up, but once that's it, it's that it's there. And, you know, it's in terms of like censorship, you know, as you know, I'm sure credit card companies and PayPal, they don't like gun stores. They do not like the gun business. A lot of banks don't like the gun business. And so Bitcoin is is one kind of hedge against being censored and, and having trouble with accepting payments because they can't can't stop Bitcoin just because they don't like guns. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to me. You know, if you're getting into cryptocurrency and the fact that you actually get into this, you know, this form of currency and you don't like, you know, gun sales. You know, you don't like dealing in gun sales in a gun store. When that's the one item, you actually get have to get a FBI background check to walk out of the store with. You have to get an FBI background check to have. How can you not, you know, say it's okay for someone to use cryptocurrency to pay for it? Yeah, I, I and that, that's probably a common misunderstanding. Well, if I pay with Bitcoin, I don't have to do the background check. Well, you know, that's obviously not true. And then taking it back to your point about the 3D printed guns, you know, Bitcoin is an important part of the 3D printed guns kind of um, ecosystem because a lot of these guys, um, they accept Bitcoin donations, maybe because they're pseudonymous, so they can't give out their PayPal account or, you know, their mailing address, but they do accept Bitcoin donations. And there's companies that make parts for 3D printed gun like Rails, um, and they accept Bitcoin. And at our conference, uh, um, Bear Arms and Bitcoin last year, we did a silent auction. And uh, the money we raised went to a 3D printed group called Deterrence Dispense, and we paid them and Bitcoin. So it's it's not just for traditional gun retailers, but especially for 3D printed guns, guys, you know, donating and stuff like that. They're not buying 3D printed guns, nothing right. like that. It's just donations. All right. Thank you, Ragnar. I appreciate you coming on. We're talking guns and Bitcoin. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and buy yourself a gun. You're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.